Yo, today's QOD is no more excuses. Do it or don't do it. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. It's Throwback Thursday, and we are turning back that clock all the way to episode number 804 and our featured speaker, Brian Tracy. Today, Brian kind of picks up where Lisa Nichols left off yesterday. He's talking about someday. How we're always saying, I'm going to do it someday. One day I'm going to do it. I used to say to my personal training clients, someday is not a day on the calendar. We got to stop making excuses. We got to stop getting ready to be ready. We got to do it now. We have to stop living in that place called Someday Isle. Brian Tracy, he's coming up. How many people here like to double their income? Yeah, if, I, if I can show you how, will you give it a try? Yes. Well, that's the only test question of the day. Do you know how many times the average person tries on a new goal before they give up? Well, the average is less than one. Most people give up before they even try the first time. Interesting, I studied success, and I'll come back to this in a second. What I find is there's four things that people want. All human beings worldwide, and I've spoken all over the world, all want four things. Number one is they want to be healthy and live a long life. Number two is they want to do work that they enjoy, do it well, and get paid well for it. Isn't that true? And number three is they want to have uh, wonderful relationships with people that they love and care about who love and care about them. And that's probably more important than anything else. And number four, everybody wants to achieve financial independence. We want to make enough money so that we never have to worry about money again. Isn't that true? So we're all setting these as goals. We're all continually saying, what are my goals? It's always one of these three things. I always ask people what their goals are, and I can always tell you what your goals are. The same thing. You want to be happy? You want to be healthy? <laughs> want to make a lot of money? Want to be financially independent? And then, but before anybody starts, they say, well, before I start, that's what I want. I need to take a quick vacation to a wonderful vacation place called Someday Isle. And most live, people, you know, the 80-20 rule, 80% of the population lives on someday aisle most of their lives. Someday I'll lose weight, and someday I'll start a business, and someday I'll read that book or take that course, or someday I'll get out of debt, or someday I'll get out of this lousy relationship, or someday aisle. And they live on someday aisle. And who are they surrounded with on someday aisle? Are there people on someday aisle? And what is the primary source of recreation on someday aisle? It's swapping excuses. What's your excuse for not doing what you want to do? Well, you know, my mother didn't love me as much as she loved my sister, and my father was unkind, and my first job sucked, and my boss is a bitch, and, and wah, wah, wah. So it's like a child's nursery in a hospital on someday aisle. They also go wah, 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 all their problems. I've got to tell you a quick story about Someday Isle. I was uh, invited to speak, it was in Nashville, I was invited to speak to a large national organization, franchise organization, and because I was the keynote speaker, they put me at the head table, and they put me at the head table with a couple, and let's just call them um, Harry and Susan. And uh, they told me their story. These were two of the two of the most respected franchise owners within this national organization. And they told me this interesting story, and I never forgot it. It was just one of those stories that just like, imprints on your mind. They said when they got out of high school, they had very little going for them. Uh, they'd graduated from high school. He waited a year or two. They were childhood 
sweethearts. They got married. They're in their 20s. They uh, got a little house, uh, and they got a child and a second child. And they're trucking along, and they're 25, uh, 30 years old. And uh, he's working uh, in, as a plumber, and she's working in the supermarket. And they have too much month at the end of the money, and they worry about money all the time. And they drive a couple of old cars, and they you know, recycle their kids' clothes and, and re repair bicycles for their kids. You know that we all come from that. Anyway, but they didn't worry, they said. They had no worries because they knew that when Aunt Martha died, they'd be rich. Because they had an Aunt Martha. True story. They had an Aunt Martha, and Aunt Martha was wealthy. She had a beautiful home, and at one time, she had taken them aside, uh, and she'd said, you know, we have, you have lots of brothers and sisters and so on, but of all the family, you're my favorites, and when I die, I'm leaving everything to you. And so they used to sit at home and they'd speculate about what they would do when Aunt Martha died. Now, they didn't want Aunt Martha to die. She was a wonderful woman. And, but she was in her 60s now. People don't live forever. You know, you never know what could happen. Uh, but they had her over for Sunday dinner and they took her presents and they took her on the little family vacations they had. They took wonderful care of Aunt Martha because after all, they were her favorites and they were going to get all the money when she died. Anyway, when she's about 35 years old. They're still you know, financially in difficulties. They're sitting there at the kitchen table, and uh, Susan, woman are more practical about this, says to Harry, said, Harry, what if Aunt Martha lives another 20 years? We're in our 30s. Our kids are now growing up. They're 10, 12 years old. What, what, what if Aunt Martha lives another 20 years? She's 68, but she's got good health in her family, good genes. We would have waited all our life for Aunt Martha to die. We'd have lived in this condition all of our life. And it was a real shock. It's called in psychology a significant emotional event. It's like a thunderclap went off, and they realized, and they began to think, we've got to do something different. Well, as it happens, a friend of his at work had a, was working with a, a janitorial franchise, and he said, would you help me in the evenings and weekends? So he said, sure. So he began to work with them evenings and weekends to make a little extra money. He turned out to have a natural faculty or facility for running cleaning crews, and they did a lot of commercial cleaning. And after about six months, he said, you know, you should have your own franchise. He said, well, I don't know anything about our franchise. He said, well, the company will set you up. They'll train you how to do it. And he said, well, I don't have any money. He said, well, they'll, they'll advance you some money. I'll lend you some money. I'll we get started. So they borrowed some money, put it together, bought a cleaning franchise, and got the kids to help, and, and Susan did the books, and, and it was very successful. And the company called them after a year and said, why don't you buy another franchise? And they hadn't thought about that, so they bought another franchise, and he was still working at his day job, and he bought another franchise, and he finally left his day job, and bought another. Over the next 12 years, he bought a franchise every single year. By the end of 12 years, he had about 150 people working for him. He was worth several million dollars. He had a beautiful home. The kids were in the best colleges. They had solved all their financial problems. They were the most financially successful people in their whole social circle. And they were about 45 this, about this time, 45, 48, and then they got the news. Aunt Martha had died. Well, they were very sad about that. They went to the funeral with all the other family members, but the other family members didn't seem to be too upset about her having passed away. As a matter of fact, they seemed downright cheerful at the funeral. And so, you know where I'm going now. So the lawyer called them all together. The whole family got together, all the couples. They're all now in their 40s and 50s. Uh, they all uh, were grown up with children, had grown up, and so on. And the, waiter opened, the, the, the lawyer opened up the will and read the will, and Aunt Martha had died broke. In fact, she'd been broke for years. She'd been living off loans. She'd mortgaged and hypothecated her home and borrowed against it. She'd been living off her family. She hadn't had any money for years and years. And they turned around and they found that members of the family were shocked. They were all shocked. They're standing around shocking like victims of a bomb blast. Well, what happened? Well, Aunt Martha had told each of them privately 
that they were her favorites. And when she died, they were going to leave all their money. She was going to leave all her money to them. And here they were all standing there. This couple was financially independent because they'd taken the reins of life in their hands. The others were shocked. They were in their 40s and 50s. Their life had largely passed and while they waited for Aunt Martha to die. Now, the reason I tell you this story is, first of all, it's true. It was a real shocker for them. It was the turning point in their lives. But my question is this. Is what is your Aunt Martha? What is your Aunt Martha? What are you waiting for to happen before you go for it? Because we all have something. We all have a, a mental block or a break of some kind. And you have to keep asking, what is your Aunt Martha that keeps you on the island? And it's always an excuse of some kind. So I'm going to give you the first great rule for success. Are you ready? Vote yourself off the island. No more excuses. Do it or don't do it. Get on with it. Follow what Harv teaches you and get on with it. Ready, aim, ready, fire, fire, fire. Is that what Harv says? Is get on with it. Don't let anything hold you back. By the way, a couple of people come up here this morning and said they wanted to write a book. How many people here want to write a book? Well, I write a lot of books, and I'll show you how to write a book. You go to my website. It's called briantracy.com. Click on free newsletters. It'll say how to write a book. And it's exactly how I write four books a year and have them published by major publishers. I'm in now in 36 languages in 52 countries. And so you just go there, click it down, and it shows you literally a menu. Not a menu, a recipe for writing a book. And I've given this to countless people who've been struggling with books for weeks, months, years. And within 90 days, I've got a book out ready to go to the publisher. And that's no, no extra charge. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. That was Brian Tracy on a Throwback Thursday. His website is briantracy.com. You can check out today's entire talk on YouTube. It is called Simply Brian Tracy. All right, my friend, if you want ad-free episodes, you're like, dude, Sean, I'm just done with all of the ads. You can go to the App Store. You can download the Stitcher app, join Stitcher Premium, and you can listen to QOD commercial free for as little as $2.99 a month. No more ads. Like you hear no more ads, like literally none. And so uh, check that out if you are so inclined. All right. I will see you tomorrow. We got Finance Friday with T. Harv Ecker. I'll see you then. Have a great day. Peace.